from start to finish. Everyone there was friendly and easy to talk to. Mary Tucker was a godsend. This was our first home to purchase and she walked us through the entire process step by step. She is a true professional. Call Mary Tucker or Lori Weaver, 935-7808. First Financial Mortgage, Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. As many years as our family has been in this business, we have a lot of friends. We built a lot of relationship with customers in Northeast Arkansas and Southeast Missouri. Our families at Glen Sane want to reach out to you and say we really appreciate the many years of business. I feel like our folks have done a great job getting our sold orders for our customers and taking care of our customers in service for the last several months with all the issues we've had. Things will get back to normal. We just want to say thank you. We appreciate you. Glenn Sane, and God bless our troops. You're listening to KMEA Jonesboro and KBRI Clarendon. The Ticket. It's time for The Setup, the fastest hour in sports talk here on The Ticket. Here are your hosts, Cade Carlton and Andrew Bowen. All right, welcome in to a Tuesday, November 16th, 2021 edition of the show. Cade Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on The Ticket, 95.3, FM, 970 AM, KNEA. Also, streaming online, 953theticket.com, and through the TuneIn app by searching for KNEA. You can find us on Twitter at 953theticket and Facebook.com slash 953theticket. Uh, pretty basketball-heavy show today. We'll go over A-State uh, women's basketball, A-State men's basketball from last night, both of which uh, got wins. Uh, some some college football news also uh, came out today that was pretty interesting from Virginia Tech as the coaching carousel continues to spin. Um, some A-State news coming out from Butch Jones' press conference. Uh, we uh, we saw the Grizzlies get a win last night, so a lot of stuff we'll get into. And we'll also have a chance to uh, catch up with Curtis Wilkerson, get caught up on Arkansas men's basketball and uh, Arkansas football coming up at 2.30. So a lot of stuff uh, that we'll dive into on today's show but before we get into anything, Andrew Bowen will get us caught up uh, with some headlines. Brought to you by Plaza Tire Service, bringing you the best deals on tires. It was a doubleheader sweep for Arkansas State basketball Monday night at First National Bank Arena. Led by North Shadow Mears, 16 points, the men's basketball team cruised by Central Baptist College by the final score of 90-63. Caleb Fields and Desi Sills added 12 points apiece as well. The women's team also picked up a decisive victory, speeding past McNeese 96-72. Morgan Wallace and Jade Upshaw each scored 14 points apiece. Both A-State teams are 2-1 on the season thus far. Meanwhile, a pair of natural state kickers earned Special Teams Player of the Week recognition from their perspective com- the respective conferences Monday. A-State's Blake Groupie got the nod from the Sunbelt Conference after scoring 9 points Saturday, including the game-winning field goal in the win over ULM. And Cam Little of Arkansas was the SEC honoree after drilling all three of his field goal attempts against LSU, including the walk-off game winner. So congrats to both those guys. A lot of uh, victory going on in the state of Arkansas so far. But this has been your Daily Headlines, brought to you by Plaza Tire Service, bringing you the best deals on tires. Now back to Cade. All right, so it was a uh, women's men's doubleheader yesterday afternoon into yesterday night at First National Bank Arena. 
as both A-State teams came out with a with a victory. And we'll, we'll start first with the women's game because it was up first. And maybe need to hold off on this conversation a few more games, but I'm also to the point where now where it's kind of like, all right, maybe it's time to start talking about how good A-State is offensively because they put up 83 in the opener against Central Baptist. They put up 89 on the road against Oklahoma. They put up 96 last night against McNeese. Um, yeah, it's a and, very impressive. And honestly, didn't shoot it well from three. They had their chances to get to 100 last night. Um, but have gotten off to a really good start offensively. Now, obviously, um, the, the next two games are, are going to be tough, playing Arkansas at home and then going on the road to, to Southeast Missouri State. And, you know, we'll we'll be able to get a better kind of tell of where, where A-State is at overall over the course of the next uh, month or so in the season. But through the first three games, they have been – very, very good offensively. Again, uh, you know, they scored 96 last night, and that was with them going 7 of 23 from 3. And I I think they're a much better three-point shooting than 7 for 23. And it, it seemed like they got to 96 pretty effortlessly last night. It was – this was not a 96 where, you know, you, you're jacking up shots there at the end to, to try and pad your number uh, and get it up into the 90s. Like, this was – this was a pretty effortless 96 to me. I mean, it, I mean, A-State had 31 at the end of the first quarter of play. They had, uh, what was it, 48, 47 at the half. I mean, it was it was a pretty effortless uh, 96 for, for A-State last night. Uh, and one of the things they did really well last night was just, you know, did a really good job of getting out and running off of turnovers. They forced McNeese into, into a lot of turnovers. And, you know, it kind of seemed like at first, you know, we knew talking with Matt Daniel in the pregame that McNeese was going to throw junk. You know they were going to go full court pressure. You know two one two one two two drop back into a zone and just try and you know junk it up defensively. And I think by the first media timeout, A State had beat them out of that full court press because they were up eleven to one or eleven to three, whatever it was. And A State was just darting by their full court press and really just kind of beat them out of it at the first media timeout and one of the things they really did well defensively is I mean they stayed through a little bit of full court full court pressure themselves um they really kind of got up and guarded them in the half court uh, especially early on there in the first half of play uh, which led to a lot of turnovers I mean McNeese had 22 turnovers on the night uh, and and they stayed really did a good job of, of capitalizing off of those off of those turnovers they had 37 points um, off of those turnovers, so there weren't just too many times where they didn't convert uh, off of turnovers last night. So that was a that was a good sign to see. And then one of the other things that was really good to see is that you know we kind of seen it in we kind of saw it a little bit in Oklahoma, but A State really has started to to dominate in the paint a little bit and. You know, when you say dominating the paint, and and they're scoring a lot of paint points, uh, usually, you know, you you go to the idea of back to the basket, post up, get it to the, you know, get it to the forwards inside, and let them go to work. And that was the case a little bit. I mean, Trinity Jackson had some had some good looks inside. Uh, you know, Talia Dan had a couple of uh, a couple of shots inside. So there were a few instances where it was back to the basket, A State posting up to get those paint points uh, last night, but. 
I just felt like a lot of it was A-State guards beating their defenders off the bounce and laying it up, or A-State laying it up in transition uh, off of turnovers. And so that was a really good sign to see. I mean, it A-State went fast last night. And for as fast of a pace as they played, and obviously I'm sure Matt Daniels not happy with this number, but for as fast of a pace as they played, only had 15 turnovers last night, uh, was pretty good, especially when you add in the fact that you had 24 assists, which is the uh, I think Caleb Garner put out it was the fourth most all time that A State's had in a game. So they started That's the crazy. season with 19 assists against Central Baptist, and then in their second home game, uh, they added 24 last night. Again, that was I mean that was against um, a McNeese State defense that just kind of threw the the kitchen sink at them uh, last night. So that was. Uh, that was good to see. Individually, uh, five players scored in double digits for the second straight game, which I imagine hasn't been done in a in a very, very long time, if ever. Uh, obviously, there's been instances of three players or four players scoring in double digits in consecutive games, but to get that number to five uh, that in back-to-back games, that's, that's really, really, really impressive and just shows how many weapons A-State has offensively and – that's still without like like Jaira Washington's not the fold, and, and she's going to contribute both offensively and defensively, and and A State's doing this with with five different scores in, in double figures for the for the second straight game. So that was impressive. It's also the first time in program history A State has opened up with eighty plus points in in three consecutive games. So there is there is not much you can say bad about the a state offense uh, to to start the season you know they've shot the ball extremely well obviously you know clean up a little bit of turnovers and and they're not going to shoot the three as bad as they did last night but i mean good lord they were 39 of 80 they were 49% from the field um in the game last night just shot it extremely extremely well from two and then they were 11 to 15 from the free throw line and so they really capitalized at uh at the free throw line last night and then you know you look at the newcomers the freshmen in particular for a state and jade upshaw came off the bench to add 14 lauren pendleton who you know went off in the opener against um, against Central Baptist uh, out of Central High School in Little Rock added 13 so both of them have scored in double digits now in three straight games to start their A state career and you know I was talking with Caleb Garner the women's basketball SID last night at halftime because I think at halftime they had both already hit double digits or they either both already hit double digits or they were like right at it and he had gone back as far as 2001, 2002, and had not found another occurrence like that where two freshmen had scored in double digits in three consecutive games. And I think he said he was going to dig some more today. But I would venture to guess that maybe has never been done at a state. I mean, you're two like true freshmen that in their first three games at a state have scored in in double digits. So. That uh, that that's pretty that's pretty pretty impressive for uh, for a state. So defensively, the, the big stat I think was they've had now three straight games of fifteen or more turnovers, and obviously really did a good job of capitalizing off of off of turnovers uh, last night. So there's a lot of positives to take away from a state. Um, you know, I I told Coach Daniels, hey, you guys played a great game before a post game interview last night. I don't 
think he thought they played a good game, which I guess is a good sign if if you win the game 96-72 to 72 and you put up 80-plus in three straight games and it's still like, well, we haven't played our best yet. So, I don't yeah. know. What's the – What's the ceiling? Like averaging 120 points a game or something? Like I, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm excited for this team. They look really, really good. Yeah. At the gate. So uh, a lot of positives to take away. And again, I think it's I think it's the most fun um, and the best that you know this this program has looked in in a while. And I think they're going to be extremely, extremely uh, fun to watch this year. And again, like they're they're still without Jaber Washington, who is going to contribute big time on both the offensive and defensive ends of the floor. So hopefully, uh, you know, obviously they're doing a lot of things in the community with the 3,000 house and pizza with the pack and all these different promotions. So hopefully uh, the attendance numbers at First National Bank Arena will continue to grow, especially Friday night because Arkansas is coming to town to take on A-State in the first of a four-game series that's been guaranteed that starts at First National Bank Arena this year, then shifts to Bud Walton next year and alternates uh, between First National Bank and Bud Walton to uh, to close out the series. So that's coming up on Friday. Obviously, no shortage of storylines there. Uh, we'll, we'll have a ton to unpack from that game. It's the first regular season meeting in this century, I think since the 80s between these two. It's the first meeting overall since that uh, 2005 WNIT game, which A-State won at, uh, at First National Bank Arena. So We'll talk a lot more about that game as the week goes on. Uh, we're actually going to have a chance to catch up with uh, Mike Neighbors. Uh, Coach Neighbors is going to join the program uh, Thursday, uh, right as we start the show, a little after 2 o'clock. So uh, we'll get a chance to catch up with Coach Neighbors and uh, get his take on how his team's, how his team season has gone and uh, kind of what he expects out of this game on uh, Friday night in Jonesboro. All right, that'll send us to our first time out of the day. We'll come back, uh, talk a little bit about A-State men's basketball, also another addition to the co- college football coaching carousel, also about 15 minutes away from catching up with Curtis Wilkerson, so we'll do that and more after we take a time out here on The Ticket. We're not ready to go to the closer just yet. Stick around. More of the setup is coming up next on The Ticket. Central Buick GMC is Central Satisfaction. What is Central Satisfaction? Making sure you get the best deal on your next vehicle and award-winning customer service after you buy. Central Buick GMC has new inventory arriving daily, but it's going quickly. Come in and reserve yours today. Central also has hundreds of pre-owned vehicles to choose from. Central Buick GMC is Central Satisfaction. 2907 East Parker Road and online at centralbuickgmc.com. Get a $0 premium and a $0 primary provider copay with Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield's MediPak Advantage HMO plan. You can switch plans now. The Medicare annual enrollment period ends December 7th. Call Woody Harrelson at 870-897-5000 to learn more. Woody Harrelson is a listing agency for Arkansas Blue Cross. Plans available only to residents of Arkansas. Not available in all counties. MediPak Advantage HMO has a different network of doctors and hospitals than your current plan. Before enrolling, please check to be sure your doctors are in the network. MediPak Advantage HMO is insured by Health Advantage and is an HMO plan with a Medicare contract and enrollment depends on contract renewal. What does better mean to you? Maybe it's better services, better support, better ways to build a life or buy a home or run a business. First Security is your partner for it all with resources and solutions that make a difference for you and others. That's because First Security takes care of customers while building communities. Better for you, better for Arkansas, better for all. First Security, bank better. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. 
The strength of America, our values, our way of life hasn't just been won on the battlefield. It's won every day in our communities when we come together, extending hands of compassion, service, and hope to those who need it most. For over 100 years, the American Legion has been strengthening communities across our nation by providing life-saving help and support to our veterans and neighbors during times like we're facing today. It's what the Legion's all about. From blood drives to distributing food, from responding to emergencies and protecting the most vulnerable among us. Our mission is making America's community stronger. We are one family and therefore we care. We are the American Legion, veterans strengthening America. To learn how you can help, visit legion.org. So I wanted to talk with you and your mom today, Lily, because of some of the changes your friends and teachers have seen in you lately. And along with the incident the other day, you were with Derek when he was caught selling marijuana. Yeah, he was selling it. Honey, we know, but we care about you and, and want to know what's going on. That's right. We'd like to understand it better and see how we might help. And if weed is a part of it, we want to make sure you know about the negative consequences for someone your age. So, can we talk? Learn more at underagedrinking.samsa.gov. We're always rooting for overtime round here. Now let's get back to the setup. All right, welcome back here on the setup. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on the ticket 95.3 and 96.9. The ticket uh, about 15 minutes away from catching up with Curtis Wilkerson of hogsports.com to get caught up on the happenings with Arkansas football and men's basketball. Uh, speaking of men's basketball, the state men were in action last night. and Well, I mean, all right, so here's the thing. It wasn't a great first half for A-State. It was kind of a little bit sloppy. They really could never pull away from Central Baptist, even though, like, you know, it was obvious that they were they were the better team. But whatever was said at halftime worked because about five to six minutes into the second half, uh, the game was over, and A-State had a 20-plus point lead, and they wound up uh, – kind of winning going away and were able to get back on track after that loss to Illinois on Friday night. So it, it was good to see A-State get back in the win column. Um, you know, I guess maybe the one concern is that, you know, for all the for all the good things we say about North Shadow Mirror, which they're all warranted, the one drawback, I guess, that he has had in his career at A-State is that you know, he plays with just such a high motor that he gets into foul trouble sometimes. And that was something that happened a lot last year, his, you know, his freshman campaign at A-State. And it didn't really happen in the opener against Harding. I mean, he played a lot of minutes, recorded a double-double, had a fantastic game. Well, he kind of got into a little bit of foul trouble at Illinois, and then he got into to foul trouble last night. Uh, he only played 12 minutes, but the impressive part about that is that in those 12 minutes, he uh, he led with 16 points. Uh, you know, I thought he, he kind of got back-to-back there in the first half, and the third one was iffy. Uh, and frankly, I don't even know if it, know if it was on him because Mike Bellotto would actually stop play because they were – 
saying that it wasn't on North Shadowmere. They went to the replay monitor and reviewed it, and they still called it on him, and he had to come out of the game with three fouls. But he's still led with 16, but that is – I don't want to say it's a worry because it's too early in the season to truly be a worry. But that is, I guess, a little bit of a concern is that you would like for your best player to be able to stay out of foul trouble so he can play 25, 30 minutes and really be the catalyst for you on both ends of the floor. But still led with 16, still had a pretty good performance last night for uh, for North Shadow. Mir, then Desi Seals, and Caleb Fields both got into double-digit scoring for um, A-State last night as, I mean, they really just had a really good second half of play. They they were up, again, like nine at the half, and then they outscored Central Baptist 52-33 to in the in the second half to uh, to win 90-63. to Last night, and obviously good to see uh, Desi Seals and Caleb Fields both had pretty good performances last night. Seals finished with 12 points. Uh, Caleb Fields also finished with uh, 12 points uh, in that game last night. So uh, that was good to see, and now it's it becomes a little bit of a challenging stretch for, for A-State here because they go on the road to face and you know Mike Bellotta was on the drive yesterday and they had a really good conversation about how this would be the first test a state would face against a like opponent right because they opened the season against Harding and while Harding's fine I mean that's you're not playing Harding's in the Sun Belt you go on the road to Illinois Illinois is the number 11 ranked team in the country you're not playing Illinois in Illinois in the Sun Belt and then you host Central Baptist, who is 0-4 on the year and just, I mean, not the best team in the world. And Central Baptist is not playing in the Sun Belt. But you get sort of kind of a Sun Belt test going on the road at SEMO, at, at who is off to a 1-1 start on the year, uh, have a win over Missouri State, lost, at, uh, or lost against Youngstown State um, on Saturday. So that will be an interesting test for A-State. And then... You get to host Moorhead State who on Thanksgiving weekend, who you lost to on the road last year. And then as if the invitational at First National Bank Arena was not interesting enough, Kansas City, who A-State will play on Sunday, went on the road last night and beat Mizzou by double digits. So uh, the it's next crazy. yeah, the next three game stretch for A-State, Southeast Missouri State, Moorhead State, and Kansas City. Uh Will be will be three really tough tests uh, for a state. So I feel like you'll be able to get a a clearer picture of where this team is at after that. Because I mean I know the loss to Illinois was bad, but I I just I put no stock into that. Because I mean yeah, Illinois is a really good team. It was their home opener. They're the number eleven team in the country. Yeah, it you know things they went on this crazy thirty one to four run to end the opening half of play and just. And then while you put stock into the Harding and Central Baptist games, you also put stock with a grain of salt. So, I mean, it's going to be nice to see uh, A-State against Semo and Moorhead and Kansas City. And then, you know, I mean, if they come out of that stretch 3-0, and 2-1, and I think you feel really, really, really good about the direction in which uh, this season uh, could go. So, A-State next back in action uh, Friday night, 6.30, 6 o'clock pregame over on uh, 107.9 K-Fine and the EAB Red Wolves Sports Network as a state on the road at Southeast Missouri. 
State. Uh, speaking of A-State, you can also find the latest edition of the Second to None podcast up wherever you get podcasts uh, today. As they talked about the A-State game against ULM Saturday and Butch Jones kind of predicting a little bit maybe that uh, Blake Groupie would, would kick the, the game-winning field goal. So that's up uh, wherever you get podcasts today. All right, so that's the latest on A-State. Uh, we'll, we'll dive into to A-State football tomorrow. Uh, in their matchup against Georgia State. Uh, we'll kind of start setting the scene for A-State and Arkansas tomorrow. But in terms of the in terms of the college football world today, it um, first off, if you're a college football fan and follow any college football account, the, the first thing you probably saw when you woke up this morning was that uh, Justin Fuente was out as the head coach of Virginia Tech, which it was just kind of very odd timing because it came out about, I don't know, like 6.30, 6.45 a.m. our time, about 7.30, 7.45 a.m. Eastern time. So it quite literally was the first sports news that that broke of the day um, as Virginia Tech fires Justin Fuente. And it's, listen, you knew it was coming. I mean, Fuente. Yeah, I was about to say. He, he was at 43-31 and 31 career record at uh, – at Virginia Tech, and while he had a couple of good seasons to start his his career there at Virginia Tech, um, or start his tenure there at Virginia Tech, it it had kind of fallen off in in the last two years. You know, they went they went eight and five in 2019. Uh, but we'll start in 2018. They went six and seven in 2018, eight and five in 2019, uh, five and six last year. They were five and five this year, and so obviously could never live up to the first two years when he went ten and four and nine and four. Uh, won the Coastal Division his first year, finished second in the Coastal in his uh, in, in his second year, and had Virginia Tech in the top 25 throughout the course of most of those seasons. And so, obviously, could never get built back up to that level uh, over the last four seasons or so. But it it's very interesting because this is this is a guy that when he took the Memphis job, that program essentially was. Was kind of left for dead. Yeah. I mean, he, he he they went four and eight and three and nine in his first two seasons because the the rosters were just bare. I mean, they, there there was no one on the roster. And in his second season as head coach, they made the transition from the CUSA to the American Athletic Conference, and he found a way to recruit and and win big at Memphis. He won ten games in twenty fourteen. He won nine games in twenty fifteen. Got Memphis in the top twenty five. Uh, at one point or another, both years, they ended the 2014 season in the top 25. And for him to do what he did at Memphis, you you felt like there was no way the guy could fail because he took a program that was left for dead and made it a really, really, really solid group of five program. And at this point, you felt, especially even when he got off to the start he did at Virginia Tech, you felt like, you know, he wins big in 2018, 2019. He's taking a bigger and better job in the SEC. I mean, I thought there was no way in the world right now that Justin Fuente would not be a coach at at a big school, be it in the SEC or like an Ohio State or something like that. I mean, I thought he was headed for a destination job in in college football and it just it just kind of didn't work out. And it, it it's honestly really really surprising given what he did at Memphis and how he essentially revitalized that program uh, 
from the dead. So, I mean, I, I think he still has that potential to have continue that somewhere else. I just think Virginia Tech kind of started really hot, and then I don't know. I think they struggled a little bit to recruit after that. And, um, I mean, like you said, it was pretty amazing what he did with this Memphis team. So, I mean, I was I was there for most of it. So, uh, But I, I think he'll land on his feet. He's a good coach. It's just I think Virginia Tech wasn't working out. And we see that happen. I mean, yeah. Mike Norvell was successful at Memphis, and now he's at Florida State. And it's getting there a little bit. It's it's a little bit better this season. It's still bad, but not as bad as his first season. So you should never hire a coach from Memphis. That's the moral of the story because I don't know about that. Norvell and Fuente <laughs> have kind of flamed out. And I think I will be interested to see what Fuente does. I mean, I think maybe he maybe he takes a year off. Maybe he goes to the Nick Saban School of Rehabilitation, or maybe he lands a lands a Group of Five job. But I will be interested to see if. He ever kind of gets back into the into the power five level because I, I I still do think that he is a good coach. It just it yeah. just didn't it just didn't go right at Virginia Tech for whatever reason. All right, Curtis Wilkerson is going to join us on the other side of this timeout. That's coming up after this on the ticket. Kara's icing down. Bobo's in the pen. But Kate and Andrew are dealing. The setup continues right after this on the ticket. 28 seconds to go. A-State leading at 27-24. Rodriguez going deep left side. This ball is intercepted by Sammy Johnson. And the Red Wolves are going to win this game. After last week's win, the Red Wolves played their final road game of the season Saturday as they take on the Panthers of Georgia State. And you can hear it all on your home for A-State football. 107.9 K-5. Coverage begins at 10:20 Saturday morning with Wolf House presented by Baird Auto Group. Then from Atlanta, it's the Mid-South Ford Dealers Tailgate Show at 11. The Centennial Bank pregame show at noon and kickoff at 1 o'clock. A-State football is sponsored in part by Central Baptist Church, 1812 Pizza, First Financial Mortgage, Tedder Equipment, Blue Cross Blue Shield agent Woody Harrelson, The Old Country Store, Purcell Tire and Service Center, Glen Sane Motors, Tommy's Express Car Wash, Farmers and Merchants Bank, and NEA Baptist. When it's time for tires, it's time for local tire and wheel, where $30 gets you started on the tires you need and the wheels you want. $30 today gets you a brand new set of tires that will give you peace of mind as you prepare for holiday travel. $30 today gets you a brand new set of off-road tires that guarantees you won't get stuck in the mud this hunting season. Yeah, you heard right. $30 gets you started today at Local Tire and Wheel. With easy payment plans to fit your budget, no credit check, and everyone approved. Plus, all tires come with peace of mind from Local Tire and Wheel's roadside assistance and road hazard protection programs. Local Tire and Wheel is locally owned and operated, and that means customer satisfaction is priority one. Plus, area manager Paul Stallings has a 12-year track record of serving his clients in the tire and wheel marketplace. Local Tire and Wheel, 1518 South Caraway in Jonesboro, right across from Burger King. LocalTireAndWheel.com. And on Facebook, search Local Tire and Wheel Jonesboro. After 19 years, Nebo Auto Center is moving. That's right. Northeast Arkansas's original new car alternative has a brand new location just a quarter mile south of the old one at 3910 Stadium Boulevard. Nebo is your home to late model, low mileage cars, trucks, and SUVs that fit almost any budget. So visit NeboAuto.com and head to their new location at 3910 Stadium Boulevard, a half mile south of the bypass, and look for the red roof at Nebo Auto Center. We go Nebo. 
Depot. Don't get caught unprepared for colder weather. Go by JT White Hardware and Lumber now. JT White has all the things you need to make sure your space is winter ready inside and out. Check out their selection of heaters for your house, shop, or maybe even deer stand or duck blind. Plus, JT White has pipe wraps, faucet covers, and anything else you need to make sure you don't have a busted pipe in your future. And as always, JT White has the materials you need for any size project at your house. Trust the name the pros trust. JT White Hardware and Lumber. Parker and Harrisburg Road just off I-555 in Jonesboro. It's the quickest hour in sports talk. That was fast. Now back to the setup on the ticket. All right, welcome back here on the setup. Halfway home on a Tuesday edition of the show here on 95.3 and 96.9 FM, The Tickets. Which means it's time to go to the Ritter Communications Hotline and catch up with our friend Curtis Wilkerson over at hogsports.com. Curtis, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing good. Happy to be on with you. Well, always good to uh, to catch up with you and talk a little Arkansas men's basketball and football. And we'll uh, we'll start with Arkansas men's basketball. That they uh, got a win over Gardner Webb on Saturday, and uh, you know, pretty dominating first half of play in that game uh, for Arkansas. Wound up winning uh, eighty six to uh, to sixty nine, but really kind of started out strong. Uh, we're up forty two twenty six at the half. What were kind of your main takeaways uh, from that game on Saturday? Well, it was a lot better than the opener, and and not to take anything away from that game. I mean, you know, Arkansas got a, a double digit win over what I think is actually a, a really good Mercer team, but yeah, uh, it took them a while to figure it out. You know, they they were kind of back and forth there until the last few minutes, and that had kind of been the case throughout the preseason too. But you know, like you mentioned against Gardner Webb, they got that game under control early, like they should have. They they put a twenty seven to five run on them. Uh, over the course of about the last six minutes of the first half, and then they were really able to coast in the second half. And, and I think they needed that because they needed, I think, some you know non-stressful basketball minutes to be able to get some of these new guys in and, and really try some different combinations and, and give it time to work itself out a little bit you know, without having to worry about whether or not you're going to win the game. And uh, so a lot of guys got some valuable playing time. Eric Musselman was able to tinker with the lineups a little bit. Uh, so, you know, it, it was good. Arkansas snapped what had been a, a fairly cool start uh, in terms of three-point shooting. They made 13 three-pointers in the game, uh, which is a little more indicative, I think, of, of what the coaching staff has seen behind closed doors at practice. Uh, they did give up 13 three-pointers, and, and that continues to be a little bit of an issue, that perimeter defense, something they're working on. But... Uh, definitely a, a big step in the right direction, and uh, it you know it comes at a good time because the schedule is getting ready to pick up here uh, starting tomorrow night. Yeah, I know you've been at uh, just about every game that's been played, uh, mm-hmm. and it's kind of interesting to follow because both of the exhibition games. I mean, I guess you saw a little bit more improvement in North Texas, but you know both of the exhibition games didn't leave you with a great feeling, and then you know they have to use a big run late to close out Mercer, and then. You know, obviously this one a little bit better, but does this kind of seem like a team that's just going to continue to pr- to improve game by game and kind of improve on the fly? Yeah, I really think that's the case. You know, there, there's just so many moving parts. And, you know, Arkansas healthy now, and, and they have been since the regular season started. Uh, you can tell they're, they're starting to kind of figure out who they are. Guys are settling into the roles. It's kind of a natural progression in the early portions of the season. Uh, you know what was interesting about that game against Gardner Webb over the weekend is 
Larry Musselman started four returners and yep. just one of those newcomers, and that's that's kind of what really gave him the separation. You could just tell uh, the chemistry with those guys. You know, that they've built over the course of the last year and a half. Uh, it's just different than it is with some of those new guys right now. That's not their fault. They've just got to play together a little bit more and figure it out. So uh, I thought it was really interesting that he went heavy with the returners. And then I thought he did a nice job of, of kind of strategically mixing in some of those new guys. And then over the course of the second half, you know, you would see three and, and even four newcomers on the floor together. And there was almost like a, a carryover. And those guys looked a lot more crisp. So, um, I do. I, I think they're going to continue to improve. It, it's just such a talented team. You knew at some point it would click, uh, and they're not there yet. Still a lot of ways, yeah. you know, a long way to go, and a lot of things to improve on. But uh, I, I think they're definitely trending in the right direction. You mentioned starting uh, guys that were on the team a year ago, and you know, one of those guys that I don't know that anybody expected Connor Vanover to lead the team in scoring on uh, on Saturday. He finished with 19. J.D. Note finished with 18. And both of those guys, but especially Vanover, a pretty promising performance uh, on Saturday. Yeah, it really was. You know, Vanover didn't even play in the season opener. And, uh, you know, what Eric Musselman said about that was, hey, you know, we kind of know what we're going to get out of a guy like Connor Vanover, but he needs to see – what these other guys have to offer. And, and so it was trying to mix in a lot of new guys and things like that. And, yeah, Vanover earned the surprise start alongside Jalen Williams. So you had both of your centers in there in the starting yeah. lineup, which you would usually think would, would kind of muck things up maybe offensively. But, uh, you know, those two guys are two of the better ball movers and passers on the team. So things were really crisp and sharp. And Vanover looked good. You know, he's, he's put on some weight. He lost a lot of weight in the preseason last year. This guy is seven foot three. He was playing at like two hundred and ten pounds. Uh, that's that's not good. And you know he's he's put on about twenty pounds over the off season. Uh, he's stronger. He feels better. He's moving better. Uh, and you know one of the things with him last year was he spent so much time offensively just out on the perimeter. And he's a guy who can knock down a three pointer. But man, you're seven three. You kind of want to see yeah. him get down the lane and, and mix it up. And he made one three-pointer uh, to account for those 19 points. So a lot of his work was done inside, uh, aggressive on the glass with offensive rebounds. He you know, was catching some lobs over the top and, and posting up and showing some nice touch on the turnaround jumper. And what he brings on the defensive end of the floor, uh, you know, when he's not getting dragged out on the perimeter by you know, more athletic centers who can take him off the dribble or, or eat him up in ball screens, and that's kind of been an issue with him. Well, he can just defend the paint and, and, you know, step over and block shots. He can be a big weapon for this team. So, uh, you know, Musselman said after the game, hey, he's, he's locked into the rotation. It's going to be really interesting to see how he's rolling the balls over the course of the year. You mentioned tomorrow night uh, Arkansas host uh, Northern Iowa before they play in the Hall of Fame Classic uh, next week in Kansas City. Um, what do you what do you kind of want to see out of Arkansas before uh, the schedule really gets interesting next Monday and Tuesday? Yeah, you know, I, I think just continuing to take a step forward um, in, in developing the chemistry and, and getting guys comfortable in their roles. Uh, I thought they looked really good offensively against Gardner-Webb. It, it was interesting. You know, they, they hadn't really been scoring at a high clip up until that point, and that was kind of the, what you would think would be the M.O. of this team. Uh, so a little bit of a breakout there. And, and, you know, what they have right now, I, I love this word from Musselman. He calls it spurtability, where – you know, they can be ice cold and then just boom, just really, you know, quickly put a spurt, a scoring spurt on somebody, and it's a, you know, a 14-0 run. 
you want to see a little bit more consistency because, you know, what that means is they also have dry spells. And that's when, you know, teams yeah. like a Mercer or Northern Iowa are able to stay into the, you know, in the game. So um, just a little bit more consistency on the offense then. And just to improve that three-point defense, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. When Musselman came into the program, they were number one in the country in, in three-point defense the first season. Uh, took a little bit of a step back last year, but you know this is a smaller, you know, more athletic and and long team. Uh, you would think they'd be pretty good at that, but it, it's it's just it's interesting to see that both teams in the first two games have hit 13 three pointers on them. Uh, and against a team against Northern Iowa, who you know is is a, an experienced veteran group, uh, they execute their stuff really well. You don't necessarily want them coming in the Bud Walton Arena hitting 13 threes on you, so definitely need to improve there. Talking with Curtis Wilkerson of Hogsports.com. We'll switch gears uh, for a moment here and talk uh, a little football. It was, it was a big win for for Arkansas football on Saturday against uh, LSU going on the road. Hit the, the game-winning field goal by Cam Little. What were kind of your takeaways uh, from a gritty road win by Arkansas on Saturday? Yeah, it was a, a really gritty performance. You know, first of all, hats off to LSU for – uh, just playing at the level they're playing at with a lame duck coach right now. I mean, yeah. those guys have not let go of the rope at all. Um, you, know, you kind of wondered after that Alabama game if you know if they kind of you know left it all on the field out there. They did not. They you know they were all over the place against Arkansas. And you know I think probably Georgia aside, uh, LSU did the best job of, of containing Arkansas's offense and potent running attacks. So. Uh, it was a hard-fought battle, and you know what's interesting is uh, the defense. Barry Odom's defense, I thought, really stepped up, did a nice job. You know, when you're on the road, uh, you need the ball to bounce your way a little bit. You know, they were able to come up with three turnovers and, and really take advantage of those. Uh, and, and you mentioned Cam Little. I mean, wow, you know, this is a true freshman. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's one. You know, freshman of the freshman of the week, special teams player of the week, and you know, in back-to-back weeks now. Uh, and just really coming up clutch, you know, 17 to 21 field goals on the season uh, to go into that environment and go three for three and, and hit the game winner. Uh, that's really impressive. And, you know, this team is believing and, and they thought that they would be able to make a run, you know, to close the regular season the way they started it. And so far, so good uh, with wins over Mississippi State and, and LSU. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens this weekend at Alabama. Yeah, it uh, it doesn't get any easier. In fact, it gets no. about a billion times harder for Arkansas this week at at Alabama. Um, is there a scenario where Arkansas where Arkansas can pull an upset this weekend? Well, you know, I I think the first part of it is you have to believe that you can go do it, and that's something you know the belief is something this program has lacked. You know, quite frankly, for several years. Yeah. And it's something that Sam Pittman has reinstilled. So, you know, those guys are preparing with the with the full mindset that they're going to go down there and get it done. They're going to go onto the field uh, with that mindset. But hey, <laughs> you know, when the whistle blows and, and you're in between the lines, uh, you know, belief only carries you so far. So, uh, you know, Alabama, that's that's just tough, and it's a tough ask to go on the road uh, and do anything there. But you know what? You know, with this Arkansas team, the last several years. This game against Alabama has been done by the end of the first quarter, or at least at halftime. So, you know, even if Arkansas doesn't go in there and pull an upset, there are ways to measure success and improvement 
uh, and just show that you've closed the gap. You know, I, I think this is probably the best Arkansas team in several years and, and maybe one of the more vulnerable yeah. Alabama ones. So, you know, they've, they've been in tight ball games with Florida and, and Tennessee, obviously lost to Texas A&M. But, you know, I think if you're Arkansas, obviously you go in there wanting to win the game, and, and that's the plan. But if Arkansas can go in there and make it a four-quarter game and, and be competitive, I, I think the spread is somewhere around uh, 20, 21 points and cover that, I'd probably walk out of there feeling pretty good about yourself. All right, last thing before we let you go. I know you're you're mostly football and men's basketball, but I do want to get your opinion. Obviously, there's a big game between Arkansas and Arkansas State here in Jonesboro on yeah. on Friday night in women's basketball. First time they have played since since 2005. Uh, is there is there a lot of excitement? Is there any talk about this game kind of kind of in Fayetteville and uh, kind of what it means for the state of Arkansas, or has it kind of been a little bit more silent up there? You know, there there has been some buzz around it, and I think it's pretty cool. You know, Mike Neighbors, um, I think he's scheduled every in-state program for this season. And, you know, kind of as soon as they took the lid off of that, he was one of the first guys to really take advantage of it. And then, you know, to go down there, I just think that's really cool. And I think it's, I think it's good for the state. Uh, you know, it's, it's an, an interesting Arkansas team. They, they've got a lot of talent. They're a little young compared to where they yeah. were last year and, uh, you know, they've already played uh, UAPB. I think they played UA Fort Smith at an exhibition. So, uh, you know, another in-state opponent, which is cool. They, they're coming off a road trip to UConn. So it's going to be a, a different experience for them to go over to Jonesboro after, after witnessing that. But yeah, I, I think it's going to be really neat. I, I'm going to be, you know, tuned in, listening, watching when I can. Um, it's going to be exciting. I, and, and, you know, there is some buzz about it, and hopefully – I know there's a, a series, what is it, three or four years that they haven't yeah, signed four off years. on, but hopefully hopefully that trickles over and over and, you know, some of the other sports. I would like to see the men's basketball program go at it. So, um, yeah, I, I, think it's a, I think it's a really cool deal. It should be a, a nice atmosphere and a fun game, and um, hopefully it can uh, kind of spur some things moving forward. All right, so big week for uh, for Arkansas sports. Uh, you have football on the road against Bama, men's basketball, women's basketball. Curtis, what can our uh, listeners find over at hogsports.com uh, throughout the week? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, this is the first time that the men's basketball and football programs have been ranked uh, together in, in several years. So we've got blowout coverage of all that. You know, if recruiting is your thing, but hey, men's basketball just wrapped up a, a five-man signing class that ranks number two in the country. An early signing day for football, is, I think, is literally uh, about a month away. I think it's December 15th is when that starts. So we're getting you geared up for that as well. Uh, so whether it's team coverage, recruiting, anything you might be interested in, we got you covered over at Hog Sports. Curtis, appreciate the time. Always enjoy the visit, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week. And always sounds good. We're looking forward to it. Sounds good. That's Curtis Wilkerson of hogsports.com joining us on the Ritter Communications phone, phone line. We'll uh, go to a break, come back, close out the program after this timeout. You're on the ticket. Our advice? Just take the over. More of the setup is coming up next on the ticket. Price is falling a bit. Hello, I'm Scotty Woodson on the EAB Ag Network with your EAB Market Countdown. 
December corn at 571 down five and a half with March corn at 577 and a half down six and a half. January soybeans at 1251 and a quarter down six with March soybeans at 1263 and a quarter down five and a half. December wheat at 810 and a quarter down 16. March wheat at 820 down 16 and three quarters. December cotton at 11798 up 36. March cotton at 11513 up 49. January rice 1418 and a half up three and a half cents with March rice at 1438 up four and a half. Moving on to livestock now, December live cattle at 131.72 and a half down five. February live cattle at 136.10 down 22 and a half. November feeder cattle at 155.65 down 27 and a half. With January feeder cattle at 159.27 and a half up 80. December lane hogs at 77.72 and a half up 192 and a half. With February hogs at 83.37 and a half up 220. That's your EAB market countdown, and I'm Scotty Woodson. Have a great day. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes, their age, the way they speak? Would you notice an eight-year-old girl who's, who's not excited, excited for summer break because she may not be having lunch again until September? Or a single father of two who works three part-time jobs and still can't put enough food on the table? Or maybe a mother who cleans offices at night? Hoping to find meeting leftovers to take home to her hungry family. Or a war veteran who's having, having a hard, hard time landing. landing a job and getting back on his feet. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. Hey, farmers, WT Equipment in Jonesboro and Pocahontas is open and ready to equip the farmers of Northeast Arkansas. Having a hard time locating available equipment prior to year's end? Do you need to upgrade your tractors, combines, or sprayer to be prepared for the 22 crop year? At WT Equipment, we have both new and pre-owned New Holland T9, T8, T7, and T6 tractors available for sale now, ranging from 125 to 620 horsepower, both new and and pre-owned New Holland CR combines also available now. New Holland SP model sprayers ready to roll now. Be prepared for the 22 crop year. Come see us at WT Equipment in Jonesboro or Pocahontas. To speak with our sales department in Jonesboro, call 870-972-5522. That's 870-972-5522. For Pocahontas, call 870-892-5254. That's 870-892-5254. Or visit our website at WTEquip.com. WT Equipment, let's get it done. Timeout's over, and we're going to a full court press. Now let's get back to the setup on the ticket. Going crazy, All right, welcome back. You're on the setup. About five more minutes or so to go. Here on the tickets. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you. Always uh, appreciate our uh, our friend Curtis Wilkerson of Hawk Sports uh, joining us on the phone lines. If you missed any of that chat, it'll be up following the program. SoundCloud.com slash 95.3 the ticket, or you can find it as part of the full show. Uh, wherever you get podcasts from by searching for the setup. All right, so Butch Jones had his press conference today uh, at 1230. One of the interesting notes that uh, came out of it, well, 
First off, he said James Blackman was was back with the team this week, so that's obviously um, obviously good to hear. But the other note was that A State has kind of become thin at the running back position, so thin that uh, Wyatt Beagle was taking snaps with the running backs in uh, in practice uh, this week. So that was. An interesting, uh, interesting kind of development uh, from Butch Jones' uh, press conference today, and obviously, it. Um, I mean, it's due to the due to the in part to the fact that um, Marcel Murray has announced he is entering his name in the transfer portal. Cam Turner last night uh, also announced he was entering his name in the transfer portal. So, uh, a couple of A State players have gone uh, into the portal. Uh, from the from a football perspective, so that was uh, certainly some interesting news that came out from from Butch Jones' press conference today. Um, see, I don't think there was really anything else of of note that that came out from the press conference, but that's certainly interesting. And obviously, the uh, the Marcel Murray thing, it. it I mean, let's just be honest. It it, it kind of sucks if you're an A State fan because that was a guy that you know you had you just had so high expectations for after his his freshman year at A State. Um, you know, you go back to 2018, his freshman year, um, and he he rushed for almost 900 yards. He played in every game, rushed for almost 900 yards had uh, eight touchdowns, then caught about 150 yards uh, and had two more touchdowns there. So he was had over 1,000 yards from scrimmage, had 10 touchdowns, you know, averaged five and a half yards per rush, and just, you know, his freshman year just had so many big plays and so many big moments, and you just kind of felt like the sky was the limit. And even though he kind of dealt with injuries his sophomore year a lot and actually missed, you know, two, three, four games, whatever it was, I mean, he still was pretty effective offensively. You know, he he almost had a 1,000 yards from scrimmage there. He had 950 yards from scrimmage his sophomore year and, you know, averaged five yards a carry. And so he was still pretty effective even though he battled through injuries. And then, you know, obviously last year, it, you know, he just did not have a really good year last year battling through injuries, just could never stay healthy. And then, this year, uh, you know, I don't know if it was health or what the deal was, but obviously he wasn't a factor on the field for for A State at all this year, and so it, uh, I don't know, it it, it just it kind of is what it is. But you know, this was a guy that his freshman year was just so good. Even his sophomore year was was really really good for A State, and uh, he's going to transfer with two years of eligibility remaining. So. Obviously, wish him well. Just kind of wish it would have uh, worked out of a state. And I, I mean, I kind of compare it a little bit to um, the the Jerry Jacobs situation. Obviously, Jacobs was only one year, but it, it was kind of the same type of deal where Jacobs came on the defense and immediately had just this huge impact. And it's like, all right, this is going to be the guy of the future. And it was kind of the same thing with Marcel. And um, you know, it just it it didn't work out for uh, for yeah. injuries and one reason or another. So. Uh, he's in the transfer portal, uh, and we'll uh, look forward to seeing where where he lands there. Um, all right, so 
a lot of college football tonight. Uh, we'll, we'll see the college football playoff poll come out tonight. So that will be interesting. Uh, it, I don't exciting. know where they're going to. I'm I'm interested to see where they put um, Cincinnati. I, I, I don't think Cincinnati moves. Yeah, honestly, I don't but, even I think they're at five. But I think Notre Dame moving is going to be interesting because with Oklahoma yeah. losing and I don't know, these last two weeks and then the conference championship week, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's gonna I think State gets back in. I think Mississippi State gets back in at like 23 or 24 after getting that win against Auburn. That's going to be the most interesting part. Uh, there's also like actual football tonight. Uh, we'll see Toledo at Ohio at 6 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, 6.30 on ESPN2, Western Michigan at Eastern Michigan, and Bowling Green at Miami of Ohio at 7 o'clock on ESPNU. So Tuesday night, Maction tonight. Yes, sir. Uh, we'll also get Wednesday night, Maction uh, tomorrow. So uh, wall-to-wall football tonight. Uh, and I don't really think we have anything interesting in terms of men's college basketball Uh I guess Duke at Gardner-Webb is a little bit interesting because of the story that came out earlier today uh, involving Paolo Benchero, which we're not really going to get into on the show for a lot of reasons, number one of which we don't have time. But he is expected to play against Gardner-Webb, so I'm kind of interested to see if uh, if they talk about that on the broadcast, if, if Coach K has anything to say in his postgame press conference after um, but that's really kind of the lone game of, of interest in, in college basketball tonight. And it's not even because of the game. It's going to be a blowout. I'm just interested to see what is said after. All right, that does it for us. Uh, the Drive with Brad Bobo is next from 3 to 6. Uh, 7 to 10 tomorrow morning. It's Front Row with Budrow, 10 to 12. It's Red Wolf Roll Call, 12 to 2. It's the Workday Red Zone with Kara Richie. Get you back to us tomorrow from 2 to 3. For Andrew, I'm Kate. So long. Have a great Tuesday. We will talk to you tomorrow.